We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. You can hear the sound of laundry being done. That's right. It's time for another podcast. So I'm disappointed in myself. I'm sorry I didn't have it together enough uh, to, to have the music going in the background. Uh, maybe I'll throw something in there, although I do like it when I hear something and I want to comment on it, and I, I, I won't be able to do that this time. But it's so much better with the music in the background, so I'll just throw some indie shit in the background that you've never heard before, and I can just be like... Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, get let's start off with uh, what is annoying me this week. Uh, so lately, uh, I have been accidentally watching uh, or seeing bits of this TV show called um, "Take Me Out," and "Take Me Out" is proof that uh, any show that you want to put on in the summertime is game on, right? Like, you can put, as long as it's cheap to make, screw it, man. It's getting on the air. Let's go. Let's do it. So I'll set the scene for you. Uh, so it's a it's, it's game show meets dating show. And so what that means is it's 50 women or so. Uh, they all stand behind little podiums with lights in them and their names. And uh, a dude walks out and introduces himself, and then immediately women sort of figure out if they want to date him. If they don't, they hit their buzzer, their light turns from white to red, and they're out, right? And then, you know, and it goes round by round. So the longer the dude is out there, the longer the women get to figure out if they want to date him or not. And... (laughs) The, the whole the whole thing is ridiculous. So, oh, I'm sorry. Let me just fast forward to the end. Um, you know, it's down to, you know, two or three women and the dude picks, you know, the, he turns off the light of the ones that he doesn't want and then he's left with one. So what's crazy about this is the whole thing is completely manufactured by producers like nothing about it seems organic or real or natural so you know on on first and and it's what's great about this show is it's so obvious on first glance it's just like yep this is fabricated this is monkey business so what happens is is uh the guy comes out he comes out, he doesn't even say much of anything. He introduces himself and starts parading around like, like a peacock. Because uh, that's really about the only thing that parades. Actually, peacocks don't even parade. They kind of just, just walk, really. And in fact, you know what? Peacocks are getting a bad rap. Because dudes, when they parade around like a peacock, are assholes. I'm sorry assholes i was choking on my own phlegm my asshole got caught in my phlegm and i couldn't get it out yes assholes so but when peacocks are strutting around they don't even strut really they're just there showing their feathers and it's it's more like you know it's sort of the difference between a, a you know a shopkeep having a sidewalk sale 
and a carnival barker or a, a strip club hassler uh, yelling at you at the street going, hey, come on, man. You want to come in? We got sexy ladies. We got sexy ladies. They'll touch your stuff. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Hey. This is the difference between peacocks and dudes strutting like peacocks. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track as usual. So what they do is they come out from behind, I think it's an elevator or something. So the elevator doors open, they walk out and they, they, you know, hit their mark. The camera zooms in and he says, you know, he says his name and he says where he's from. Now, what's crazy about this is the episode I saw, and I've only seen one episode. Actually, that's not true. I saw another half of another episode. This guy walks out and he says, Hi, I'm John from Manhattan. Okay, now hold on. Nobody is... If you're going to say the city that you live in, I know Manhattanites would love to believe that they are their own city, but they are not. They are one of the five boroughs of New York which make up New York City. And if you lived there, you would know that. And it's almost like the the producers got a hold of this guy and i'm sure he really lives in manhattan but it seems like the producers got a hold of this guy and they said uh where are you from um i'm from new york where specifically i live in manhattan okay good cuz um you know, a lot of people in the Midwest, they don't really know what that means. So um, I'm guessing a couple of them saw the Sex in the City movie, and she lived in Manhattan. So if you could just say Manhattan, that'd be great. Or even worse, the guy's like, hey, I'm from L.A. Well, we've got a lot of guys from L.A. lately. Couldn't you just say you're from New York or Manhattan? Oh, yeah, Manhattan. And this this whole thing... Seems like it's sorry, I'm wiping my nose and trying to talk at the same time and it's getting me off mic. This whole thing seems like it's a bunch of producers in a room who said, hey, what do girls like? And and they're not even gay guys. They're just straight TV execs who, you know, they, they were trying to put together the budget of this show and they were like, we should get writers. Nah, we can do this ourselves. All right. And so... So, so, and what's e- even stranger than that is that these uh, TV executives who seem to be designing the show are also, of course, you know, 40s, 50s-ish. And that's evidenced by the fact that the dudes get to pick the song that they walk out to. So this guy from Manhattan, they should really just do that, right? Like, hi, I'm John from Manhattan, and I'm ready to date. Whoa! I mean, just have a robot just put in their name. Just have the same guy out every week, and just re- you just robotically stick in other words. Wouldn't that be cheaper? Wouldn't that be easier? Just get Siri to like do everything for you. Even all the girls' questions. John, I feel like Thai food. I have found 14 locations nearby where there is Thai food. We should go get Thai food. So the song that he picks, I mean, mind you, this guy is maybe 27, you know, at the at the oldest 27. The music he chooses to walk out to is Kenny Loggins. 
Danger Zone, which you might remember from the movie Top Gun, which is, there's no way this dude has even even seen Top Gun, let it alone is Danger Zone, even on his radar, even if he saw this movie, there's no way the Danger Zone is in his mind. So again, it's just some 40-year-old dude who who rocked the shit out of that song when he was in college. He banged so many horns to that song, he probably put it on the jukebox and he'd be like, That's right, ladies, you're in the danger zone. Don't touch my members only jacket or my hot top fade. So the more you think about this show, the less sense it makes. Okay, so now we've covered sort of the surface level of the show and how completely idiotic it is. But... I, the what I, the, the people that I don't understand are the women who buzz out early, right? They see the guy, they see him for two seconds, and they're like, nope. You know, and it's like, it's so it's obvious that they have sort of, you know, they've told the girls, some of you need to buzz out early, all right? Because we have to do this in rounds, and every single round, somebody has to go. And the only thing I can think... Uh. is the reason why they would buzz out early is they have told the girls, look, if you buzz out early, George Lopez, the host, oh, so bad. I feel so bad for George Lopez. George Lopez, the host, God, it's he, he's, he got that kidney transplant and he, and he got divorced. He's like, hey, Holmes, I got to make money somehow, right? So it... If you buzz out early, George Lopez will come over and talk to you and ask you what you didn't like about this guy. So I don't know how they they must they must have control over every single light on that stage, because by that logic, they either are going up to like two girls or five girls or how many ever and saying, OK, you, you and you are going to buzz out this round. Um because otherwise, you know, that logic would be like, shit, man, I got to get my face on TV and I want my face on TV in like the first 10 minutes. So I'll be the one who buzzes out early. And all these fucking attention whores, you know, that's that's in their mindset. They're all like, I got to be on TV. This is the only reason I'm doing this is to be on TV. So how they prevent all of them from buzzing out early, I have no idea. But anyway, so the girl buzzes out early. George Lopez walks over to her. And he's like, so what didn't you like about John that you decided on in the first 10 seconds? I mean, because literally that's how long. I mean, the dude has said his name and his made up city and he's walked around and they've already decided, no, sir, I will not be with you, which Holy cow, man. What kind of bulletproof self-esteem do you have to have to... To have, you know, to have a woman just reject you that quickly. Really? Like, can you imagine if that's the way life really worked? Like, you just walked into a bar and, like, like the whole, everybody's head swiveled, looked at you, and then you just saw red lights, like, going on all over the place. You'd be like, oh, fuck. Why do I even do this? Uh, you know, so they go through several rounds um, at the the episode I saw, uh, the dude played the piano, which I thought was perfectly acceptable. He worked in some of the girls' names into this. Inexplicably, some woman gave him the red light. All right. So, so then at the end, he he's down to like three women. So he's got to turn off two lights. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he wanders around pretending like he doesn't know which one he wants. And the girls around them start covering up the button of their newfound friend, this person that they've been standing next to for all of 10 minutes. Now they're their best buddy. Oh, please, please don't turn off the light of my new best friend. Or what? She, she, because if, if, if she gets picked, she goes, she leaves. She splits with this guy, and then you got some other doofus standing next to you. So anyway, so they're all, no, no, don't press my friend's button. I want her to be on a date with you. Oh, please, no. So he picks one, you know, he turns out two lights. He picks some girl. Whatever. And by the way, there are some girls that you know will never get picked. So what happens, I guess, after talking to other people, it turns out like it's the same 50 women uh, every week except for whoever gets picked. And then they bring in a new girl. Uh, but there are, you can tell there are some girls who will, ne- even if this show ran for 10,000 years, no one will ever pick them, which has got to be also another extremely sucky thing to have happen to you, where it's just week after week, you're like, hey, I know I'm eight feet tall and I've got, you know, five teeth, but seriously, I'll suck your dick. Come on, over here, anybody? Come on. Anybody? That would not be great. Wouldn't that be a great reality show where it's just like the guy comes out and he says, hey, I'm John from I'll suck your dick. Okay, game over. I'm going with her. Just just you you said that, right? Okay, yeah. Turn off all your lights. We're done. Nope. George, I, I don't I don't give a shit. Don't pay me the 50 bucks. I don't care. I'm done. I'm going with her. But the the for me, the most ridiculous part of this entire thing has to be the end when they pick the girl that they're going with. They do this thing. So let me back up a little bit and say there's an episode of This American Life and they do this little tiny story. I can't remember which episode it's in, but they do this little tiny story about how this guy liked this radio station and he went to bed at listening to the radio station and he woke up and it was a completely different station like the the frequency was the same but like the the name of the station was different the kind of music they played was different and now they were playing oldies and they had all these station IDs already pre-made as if this station had been on the air for like 10 years. And it was my favorite part of that is uh, this woman, they, they played some of the station IDs and there's this woman going, rockin' oldies! And I just love that. Um, but but his, his point about that whole thing was, you know, all of these people, they had all these like fake testimonials about how this was their favorite radio station and they they just love it and all this stuff. And it's like this radio station switched at midnight. This dude woke up at 7 a.m. It's been literally on the air for seven hours. It cannot be your favorite radio station. It might be one that you're happy you discovered, but, you know, the, the effusive nature of the testimonials was was as if it was a station that they had been listening to since, you know, their childhood. If I ever figure out which episode of This American Life that's on, I'll tell you. Uh, But, so in the same vein as that, 
Um, they so then on this game show, t- uh, take me out. Yeah, take me out. Every time I hear the name of that song, I think of the the song, uh, take me out. Fleet flop, fleetity do, sweet swap, I can take any pop song and make it sound like it was from the twenties. Um. Don't test me on it. I'm trying. I was thinking. I was thinking I could do another one, but uh, maybe later. So, the so he picks the girl. George says, "Why'd you pick the girl?" And he says something stupid, like he liked her answer about some other dumb. Thi- she got big tits, George. I like tits. I can't see her ass. I have no idea what's going on below the waist. So all I had to go on were tits. She, the other two didn't have any tits. Uh, you know, she might suck my dick. I don't know. Tits, man. If I could just see those tits, she doesn't even have to suck my dick. I just, I gotta get my hands on them titties, man. She got fucking sweet titties. Of course, he says, you know, her inner spirit, something stupid. So then George, um, George says, well, we know where they're going next. And the whole audience in unison, as if they had been watching this show for 10 years, even though it's only been on the air for two months, says the Take Me Out Resort, which is code for we don't know where the fuck these people are going. We have nothing. We don't know. We're going to have to talk to these douches later and figure out what they want to do. And then we'll just do that. So rather than... Rather than, oh, this show drives me crazy. So rather than like figuring it out ahead of time or or just saying like, send them to take them out on a date, like anything. It's just like they have to make up this fake resort. And I know it's fake because uh, it's an hour long show. And, but what they the format of the show is they have one dude. And then they have a segment of how the dude last time, last week went, and then they have a new dude. And so I saw the date that the last week's dude went on, and he went to like a comedy club. And I'm just like, eh, this this can't be on a resort. I mean, you know. And then and then uh, at the end of the show, you oh you see. You see another dude's date, and it, he went to like horseback riding, and you're like, "What kind of fucking crazy resort is this? That they've got horseback riding, comedy clubs, uh, an airplane hangar, uh, a Furby farm because she loves Furbies, I guess. I don't know." And then he fucks a Teddy Ruxpin because she won't blow him, and he's like, <laughs> "Put that tape in the back of the Teddy Ruxpin that just goes, oh, 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 oh." Because I just need the Teddy Ruxpin mouth to just go up and down. And, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, I, but, it, but, but there has to be noise. There has to be noise constantly because that bear mouth ever stops talking. It's going to crush my dick. So I just need – do we have an endless loop tape? I know, I know. Cassette technology has been out of date for like 20 years. But really – uh, the, I, Radio Shack must be good for something these days. So go to Radio Shack, get a 60 second endless loop table and just whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, and by the way, uh, at this uh, Ruxpin factory, uh, I know Teddy Ruxpin's going to make a comeback. I could just mm, feel it. Uh, could you put a vagina in its mouth? No, 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 no. I, I just think it would look uh, more realistic. I don't. Uh, and make the mouth like way, way bigger. Because uh, look, I don't have a huge. Uh, I mean. 
I just think uh, I need to see a lot more moving parts. Teddy Ruxpin. Rest in peace. Big ups. So, and finally, on this stupid show, um, as if all of that wasn't bad enough, um, when after, so after they, I guess they're wrapping up the show, and they're like, uh, I don't know, George Lopez says something like, and take me out! And the, they pan across all the 50 women, and they're doing this choreographed dance move, again, as if this fucking show had been on for 20 years, instead of two months. But it, and it, and it's so, it's so bonkers, too, because the hand signs, like the choreographed like gestures, don't really have anything to do with anything. Like there's this whole song that goes with it, and they do that bit where they make the heart with their fingers, and they like do it on one side, and then they do it on the other, and it doesn't ma- it doesn't mean anything to any bit of the song. So it just shows you that they just threw this thing together, and it looks like one of the forty year old men got his twelve year old daughter and said, "Hey, can you you do know, what do you what do the kids do? Hey, what are the kids?" Do? they like to do you like to yeah you like to do the thing with some i i've seen you with your friends you do this thing with your fingers and it does a thing and i just don't know yeah it's it is bonkers i believe it's immediately after that show they have a show called the choice which right now nbc is doing a show called the voice and the, this show the choice is on fox and it is a direct ripoff of The Voice, except it's a dating show. But the premise is the same. A bunch of dudes in chairs facing away from the contestant. And then they hit their button when they like the sound of their voice. And they turn around and they say, OK, you. But how Fox is not getting sued by NBC or someone is stunning. Okay, so uh, in good okay, so in good television, uh, you all should be watching the Black Dynamite TV show. Uh, there is a very popular movie called Black Dynamite. It's basically I, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but it's basically a one joke movie in which uh, hey, let's recreate. The uh, shitty movies of the 70s. So let's intentionally make, you know, the voices out of sync. Let's intentionally put the boom mic in the shot uh, and not call attention to it and not do take two. Let's just keep going. You know, it's, it's just one joke the entire time. And there are parts of it that are funny. But for the most part, it's like, oh, yeah, wow. You guys spent a lot of time to make a shitty movie. Wow. Well, good for you. But the TV show, on the other hand, is fantastic. So every well, so every so the show is set in the seventies. So the first episode or the pilot was about how like Kermit the Frog was actually like this evil pimp, and then the second episode was how Michael Jackson was actually a space alien. The third episode was about how Richard Pryor just wanted to be taken seriously. Uh, the fourth episode, I just saw something on uh, Adult Swim's website. But anyway, the show is fantastic. You got to check it out. It's so it's so good. Black Dynamite. So, oh, uh, so one of the other things I did uh, this week is I went to the California Extreme Extreme Gaming Show. And it's maybe the most misleading name for a thing since Bioshock. 
you know, is a na- poorly named game because they're really OK. Never mind. But California Extreme, that's all it's called. California Extreme. It, there's nothing extreme about it. I mean, it's it's a ton of fun. Basically what it is, it's a classic gaming expo. And so you go, you pay your flat fee and you just play classic games for free all day. So uh, the one negative I have to say about it is there, as far as I know, there is no way of knowing which classic games are showing up, right? Because it's all classic collectors. It's not any, there's no, you know, standards to it. It's not like there's a catalog or a recipe or a menu that where you're like, oh, great. And it's not like every game is represented. You get, you know, you have to hunt it, right? Like, I hope there's Spy Hunter. I hope, oh, and this is the other problem too. So I, I love the game Spy Hunter, but you you know the the accelerator was broken and there's no you know you you can't go back to the front of the line and be like hey man spy hunter's accelerator is broken it's just you know hardwired to be full throttle the entire time i want my money back i came here for spy hunter and it's like look dude we didn't we didn't promise you spy hunter and we sure certainly didn't promise it to you in you know, 100% working condition you got the spy hunter. You don't go to war with the spy hunter you want. You go to the war with the spy hunter you get. And this is what you get. So uh, that was that was probably the biggest negative for me was that spy hunter was there, not in perfect working order. But okay. I played a lot of spy hunter in my life. Fine. I'll deal with it. But the strangest part. Oh, uh, by the way, also, uh, for those of you who like pinball, there is a lot of pinball at California Extreme. But uh, one of the other, the, the weirdest thing about it was so I went and there was a guy there who had. Uh, so at Chuck E. Cheese, for those of you who went to Chuck E. Cheese when it was big, they used to have this section where you would actually eat pizza. I know it sounds bonkers that there would people would actually eat pizza at Chuck E. Cheese, but there was. So where you would eat pizza, they would have a little stage show of animatronic, you know, critters that would. I was going to say robots, but I think that's pretty self-explanatory by the word animatronic. And then they would do these like you know scripted movements. Uh. And their mouths go up and down in time to the music and all this. And it's all programmed and choreographed. So this guy had gotten his hands on what looked like two Chuck E. Cheese cheeses, cheese eye, but they weren't working. They were just up there for show. And one cat, white cat, who plays the bass and sings the song... Play that funky music, white boy. Now, I sincerely believe that this is not something that they taught it, right? It's not like they went out and said, oh, we need to record this. Because it's obviously not the original version uh, done by Wild Cherry, I want to say. It, it seems to be what came with it. Which seems to be crazy that you would be in a pizza parlor although this is not i can i can testify this is not a chuck e cheese uh item this is from some like uh mucky the hamsterville snackatorium uh, animatronic display like he's some knockoff 
thing that you've never even heard of up there singing uh play that funky music but can you imagine like what part of, like i mean this is how like the 70s and 80s were great like political correctness was nowhere to be seen and this animal is like yeah white boy and it's like dude you're a white cat i mean what is this is this a case of humanism is that why you don't hate me just because i'm a human i feed your fucking ass man i go to a job what do you do dumb cat you sleep on the couch all day so i I, what i I, so i was uh, describing the shitting situation at work the other day and i walked into the bathroom and was greeted by the most I have to assume it was it was farts. I just it smelled like farts, but yet not farts, right? Like it was this really peculiar like what is this? It's got to be farts, right? But it doesn't smell like any fart I've ever smelled before. Listen here, Agent Johnson. You might be able to tell me that that's a fart, but I'm telling you that's like no fart I've ever smelled before. It's killed ten of my best men. Um, so I'm now I'm in the bathroom trying to pick out the smells. I am I am there. I'm trying. I'm I'm like the sommelier of farts. That's the person who helps you pick out wine at the at the fancy restaurant. I'm just like I'm I'm smelling it and I'm like I'm I'm noticing I'm noticing hints of. It's a nutty, it's a nutty fart. I just, I get uh, hints of uh, maybe cigarettes. I don't, it's like, it's got a, it's got a definite smokehouse to it. Uh, And then I realize that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who are noticing me smelling. Actually, they didn't notice me, but I just assumed if I kept doing it at some point, everybody's going to be like, you really are into those farts, man. You really love farts. Or at least that fart. You're weird. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm weird. I'm weird like a fox. Because if we don't stop this fart now, God help us all. I think that's what I'm going to do. I've decided right now I'm not going to do music. There's not going to be music behind it. Up to this point, you're going to be like, where is the music? He said that we're going to do music. No music. Change my mind. We're going to do uh, sound effects. It's just going to be all sound effects from here on out. I mean, from the beginning on in. All right. So nothing but. So from the beginning, you, you've been wondering where the music was. Nope. We're not doing it. Sound effects. So you may have been noticing on the uh, on the um, album art for this episode. I've included uh, a, 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 a what do they call those? A, uh, a where you zoom in and you only show a piece of the uh, painting um, anyway, uh, uh, a zoom in, uh, uh, a slice of a family circus. And the reason why is because I wanted to highlight uh, just how funny my wife is. We, we read the funnies in bed uh, every Sunday night and uh, we torture ourselves by reading family circus because it is just so fucking terrible that we can't even believe in a, in a world that a thing like this survives. Like, who is clamoring for Family Circus? So, in this, the dad is painting, and he gets startled 
and Miriam looks at it and goes, Last time I was startled, I fucked a wall too. <laughs> and that's what it looks like he's doing. He's like, he's up on this ladder. He's just like, oh, I'm going to fuck this wall. Because he gets startled by Dolly, who says something dumb. And then, of course, we, we insult the stupid kids a bit. Uh, and then she says, God damn, Dolly, you're as dumb as you are fat. <laughs> Which I love. I love that. So there's a glimpse into our lives. Exciting, isn't it? So I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Uh, Creatively, I'm a bit dry. I got really nothing I'm excited about working on or doing. So I've been watching a lot of movies. And my boss at work said to me, Hey, you like movies? I like movies too. No, he didn't say that. Uh, He said, you know, one of my favorite movies is Wedding Crashers. And I was like, oh, great, I've never seen it. He's like, oh, it's one of the few movies I own on DVD. I'll, I'll bring it in, I'll loan it to you, and you can watch it. Oh, great. Well, wouldn't you know, I hated it. I hate that fucking movie. It's, it's, it's completely implausible. Uh, it's boring in a lot of parts. It's not particularly funny. But the worst, the worst part about that movie is there were opportunities to wide open opportunities to do something you know and they just fumbled the ball and like uh the the example that that's most glaring to me is uh they i'm gonna just fucking ruin this movie for you if you haven't seen it um i don't recommend it don't bother if you've seen it and you love it eh sorry i'm not gonna dislike you i still think you're a cool guy if you like the movie whatever so the movie is uh, these guys who go around from wedding to wedding and they eat free food and they fuck the bridesmaids and everybody has a good time. And of course, magically, they never get caught. They never get thrown out. But all right. All right. So they ingratiate themselves to uh, the secretary of the treasury and Owen Wilson's trying to fuck his daughter, who is Rachel McAdams. You know, I just want to, I just want to, you know, find a girl. You know, it's like, I'm really, really tired of this crashing thing. I want to just settle down. That's my Owen Wilson impression, in case you were wondering. Not Kermit the Frog. Very similar. So they go to the island where uh, that's their vacation house. And uh, all they have is their rented tuxedos. And they say... Uh, he, he says, oh, no, 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 I can't go with you. All we have are these rented tuxedos. And she says, oh, don't worry. We've got plenty of clothes out there. All right, fine. They don't explain why there are clothes out there. They could have easily said, uh, you know, we have guests all the time, so we have a full wardrobe. Don't worry about it. Okay, fine. I'll let it go. But the part that really bummed me out was that this was their opportunity to do a running gag that could have lasted the entire movie, and they missed it. They just missed it. So they they uh, come out to play football with the family, because it's the family tradition, uh, and they come out in eh, mildly dorky clothes, right? Like, this was their opportunity to come out in, like, fucking Christmas sweaters you know, in the middle of April, right? Like, and, 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 and not only come out, but, oh, that's the other thing. The clothes fit perfectly. And you're like, 
really? I mean, this would be funny if they didn't, and it would also make a lot more sense. So you're going to be putting them in slightly dorky, perfectly fitting clothes. How is that funny? Because it would have been awesome if, you know, somehow like because when they play football, obviously the clothes are going to get trashed. Right. Like they're going to get grass stains on them. They're going to get ripped. They're going to all that stuff. And, they, and then they should just say, oh, you know, so just get, there's plenty. Of, we still have plenty of clothes. Just go, give them to the uh, black butler that they have um, and he'll he'll uh, fix them for you. And in the, in the meantime, just find yourself something else. And maybe maybe that's the thing they could have done, too. They could have started at like a high point of like, hey, this is the only things that we found that fit. And then we just go, you know, into this parade. And by the end of the movie, they're in you know, shit that's either way too tall or way too small or whatever. It, it could have been something. This comedy class brought to you by me and anger and fucking stupid people. And of course, so the weird part of this all now is this is my boss's favorite movie. It's not even just like a friend that I have to tell him his taste in movies fucking sucks. I, ha- I It's my boss now. And I know, I know, he's not going to, like, fucking shit-can me because I didn't like his favorite movie. But people do look at you weird when you show up and you're like, eh, no, I didn't like that thing. No, I don't like the thing. I don't like anything you're into. It, it does, it does taint. Taint? <laughs> so, um... I think I'm just going to throw in random environment sound effects, too. I'm getting that idea right now. You're just going to get just sound effects that mean nothing. Um, anyway, um, so that was an opportunity missed. Um, and it was funny, too, because I was I was kind of I, I felt like I needed to say the right thing when he asked me what I thought of this movie. And of course, I rehearsed a ton of different things. And then when he eventually asked me, he was like, hey, what'd you think of it? I went, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I made the most non-committal noise possible. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even English. It was just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have been letting the air out of a balloon slowly, and it would have been as equally expressive. I don't know if this is going to be interesting or not, but um, so this job I, I work at, I deal with a lot of advertising and uh, they, we were looking at a commercial for the Wendy's Baconator, which is basically just a way to shove more bacon into a burger like a maniac. So this this bacon, this Baconator commercial is is just this makes no sense at all. So this dude is at a garage sale sitting in a smelly, old, decrepit uh, barca lounger. And his wife runs up and says, you know, the only thing that would make this more perfect is a Baconator from Wendy's. Okay, uh, no, wait a minute. I- I'm sorry, have we gotten so far into advertising into the backlash of bashing men? Because that was a thing for a while where your husband was so fucking retarded that he couldn't figure out how to, like, microwave a lasagna or make a sandwich or put diapers on a baby. That now we're going the other way. 
that now it's like, hey, husband, you're awesome. Everything you like is good. And so, like, he imagines himself eating the Baconator in the lounge chair. And then we cut to them going to Wendy's with this shitty uh, chair strapped to the top of their car. And she's like, now that's a change or something fucking dumb like that. It's like, really? Really? I mean, look, even I am repulsed by this smelly old thing, but I don't know wife one on the planet Earth who is like, you like that, honey? I don't care that it's gross. Let's haul it on home. Five dollars, you say? We can't afford not to take it. So I did have a little bit of a setback uh, this week. I went to uh, my friend Richard. He did a show. Uh, Richard was a guy I hung out a lot with in college. I was in a band with him. Uh, one of the few bands I've ever been fired from. Ah, that's not true. I've been fired from two bands and then auditioned for a lot of bands that I never got in. But that's fine. But it was weird. It was weird sort of kind of getting fired by him um, just because... I mean, and rightly so. I mean, I, I was never very good. I mean, I, I told you about that uh, when I uh, talked about playing Rocksmith. Um, yeah, it, but it was weird it, just because of of how long we had been together at that point when he fired me. And it made total sense because I'm, I, I'm not that good. So it's fine. And he's he's really good. He's he he. So he's still playing. He's still playing music after 20 years, and it's just, it was so depressing, I tell you. I saw him again, and uh, he was playing some shitty bar in San Francisco, like not a cool club, just some dive, and it was just him, and he's divorced, and I went to his wedding, and he's just trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life, and I was like... Dude, this is bumming me out, man. I don't know. Like, I, I felt like he just should have been better or something. I, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a Richard March song right in here. Let's do that. Because um, he, he's, uh, he's uh, really good. And, and he, you know, he's, he's bordering on country music. And he loves, he loves himself some country music. But, um, yeah, god damn, it was a bummer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know what I was expecting, really. Um, maybe for him to be married and just happier, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, oh, and then, oh, and then. I think I think the other thing that really bummed me out was um, his keyboard player. Uh, so, so after I got fired, um, I still helped him record his music. And uh, his keyboard player showed up to the gig, and he talked about how he doesn't play keyboard anymore. He got rid of all his gear. He doesn't even play for fun. And it was weird, too, because I was talking to him, and I was like, what? You don't even play for fun? And he was like, well, the business sucks. I mean, what's the point? And I'm just like, because you were really good, and I just, fun. You You remember fun, right? You could play for fun. It was weird. Ugh. So, yeah, but the, the keyboard player was always kind of a weird guy. Anyway, so that was just a bit of a setback emotionally. And that and the fact that I just my job, I, I just don't, I don't know if this is really 
it, you know? I really want to find the job that I'm just going to do forever. And I don't think this is it. It's too stressful. It's too... I mean, it's nice being in a, a new industry, but it's also kind of a drag because I'm just sort of like, I, I don't know how to make this better. I don't, it's too, it's too stressful and I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so hopefully, hopefully I'll get it all figured out. I keep thinking, I keep thinking there's going to be a way. Oh, oh, oh. Dude, the crazy thing about that show also was there was this super drunk guy who introduced himself as John Q, as in John Q Public, like that's the generic name that people use for, you know, we don't know who this guy is, but he's John Q Public. Ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea, John Q Public is unemployed. You know, stuff like that. He was hammered, and yet he'd get up and he'd dance around, and I think he wanted to make out with me and stuff, and I tried to, like, it was weird. Like, I I tried to, like, talk to him, like, I didn't think he was weird, but yet I always had to have kind of my guard up to see what he might do. Ugh. I I can't, and I can't imagine it was just the alcohol, because I've never been that drunk, where I was just, like, a totally different person. Okay, so finally, um... I was uh, I was listening to uh, uh, the Nerdist podcast, and uh, by the way, a- awesome episode of the podcast recently. Uh, Chris Hardwick did with his dad, uh, uh, former professional pro bowler Billy Hardwick, who has had just the craziest like up and down roller coaster career. If if you used to listen to the Nerdist or or you are figuring out what episode, go find the Father's Day episode of 2012. It must be in uh, I guess June is when Father's Day is. So good. Now, mind you, I'm a little biased because uh, Billy Hardwick grew up in the same town I am now living in. So you know he talks about stuff, and I'm like, oh, I know where that is. That's so great. I bowled at that same place that he bowled at. Oh, that's so cool. So. Um, go, yeah, go listen to that episode of The Nerdist. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. But anyway, so Chris Hardwick was talking about, like, sort of doing old material. And I've heard a lot of stand-up comedians talking about, you know, doing old material, not doing old material. You know, what do you do? Here's the thing, stand-up comedians. We want you to do old material that's awesome, right? Like, we don't want you to do old material that, because eh, we've heard it, right? We want either just crushingly awesome material or new. For instance, um, uh, we, I went to go see Joe Rogan, and um, it was you know after his first album, but before his second. So uh, you know Joe takes a lot of time to, to generate his material because he just polishes it and polishes it you know to get it really really hot. There are three bits on that album that are fantastic. Like just um, they're like little plays. So they are girls uh, going out to a strip club, um, which I played last time. Uh, there's uh, Anna Nicole Smith uh, visiting her dying husband and tigers fucking. Those three things are amazing. The rest of the album is yeah, it's okay. You know, it sort of ties the stuff. To, it's fine. Whatever. Those three things. If he brought those out. Every single time I saw him, it would be amazing, you know. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's no good," because he's playing the hits. 
right? Like, uh, it, when the Stones go on tour, they play the most popular songs because that's what people want to hear. I know I've said this before, but same thing with stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians are no different. Play the hits. Play those songs that we want to hear. Play the stuff that just kills. I don't want to hear your in-between stuff. The stuff that just gets you through to get to the rest of the album. I want the stuff that kills. I want your closers. I want it. I want an entire act of closing material. That's why people don't want to hear old bits. Because most of the time you're bringing out the middle of the album. And that's not what we want. So come on, stand-up comedians. Let's get to it. You know that Jim Gaffigan closes... Uh, he encores with Hot Pockets. This crystallizes my point exactly. That's what we want. We want the the biggest, funniest, greatest stuff. And if that's old stuff, do it. If you got some new stuff that just kills, or, or you're working out, fine, we'll hear that too. But we want the stuff that kills. Huh, I wish I could end on a better note. Porn! Alright. From me. From playing the hits. To the music of Bright Brown. Let's do this one more time. Till then!